started building our own. And eventually we decided to turn that into a product. And fast forward, gosh, I think it's three, two and a half, three years from them now. Um, we're now full time on Beaver Builder and, and things are things are humming along. We This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. For episode two with Robbie McCullough of Beaver Builder, uh, here to talk about, of course, page builders uh, and the excitement around page builders and what makes them such a, uh, a passionate tool for so many uh, people in the community, right? And we're going to talk about how Robbie builds a community around his, his plugin, his products, and what that's done for his business and, and how that's sort of uh, exponentially grown its awareness, its adoption, and really the, one of the largest motivating factors uh, of Beaver Builder's growth, and it's a great testament to him and his team and how they've done that. Uh, page builders love him or hate him. We're going to dive right into that stuff today. It's mattreport.com slash subscribe. As always, thank our sponsors, Pagely and Valet. Let's get into the show. Hey, Robbie. Welcome to the Matt Report. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. And like a great interviewer that I am, I forgot to ask how to pronounce your last name, so I'm just going to do it right here. It's McCullough. Am I Perfect. Correct? Okay. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> I thought, Nailed I th- it. I thought I'd do okay on that one. Um, but welcome to the program, sir. You are one of the masterminds behind Beaver Builder. Am I correct? Well, that's a very nice way of putting it. I don't know <laughs> if I'd, I'd say that, but yeah, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of, uh, of Beaver Builder. <laughs> um, you've been, uh, you know, obviously had plenty of your uh, fair share of letting people know how this product came around, how uh, you, know, you and, and, and your uh, team started Beaver Builder. But for folks who don't know who you are, give them the two-minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Okay, yeah. So um, we'll quickly first, Beaver Builder is a page builder for WordPress. And it was created by myself and my two business partners, Justin Busa and Billy Young. Um, we had a web design studio um, prior to starting Beaver Builder, so we were mainly doing client services, and we were based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I came onto the Fastline team, gosh, about four years ago. Justin and Billy had been doing it before me, and I met them on Craigslist. And we were working together for a few years, and we started on this little side project, uh, a page builder. And we kind of started building it because, it, you know, you hear the phrase scratch your own itch. It was something that we wanted um, that we couldn't, we couldn't find out there. So we started building our own. And eventually we decided to turn that into a product. And fast forward, gosh, I think it's three, two and a half, three years from them now. Um, we're now full time on Beaver Builder and, and things, are, things are humming along. We, we stopped doing client services about a year, year and a half ago. And 
Um, I've been focusing everything on Beaver Builder. Nice. Uh, we're going to talk about the political stances <laughs> of page building in the uh -oh. WordPress space uh, in, a, in, a, in a little while, uh, which is timely for all of the uh, all of the United States presidential race going on at this time. Uh, but anyway, what is what is the uh, what is the balance like? Because I, I'm trying to strike that balance on my own, and I know a lot of folks in the audience are too. Balancing the time of product versus uh, agency work. And how did you, at the time, sort of ma manage that? You know, how did you give the team time to work on client services while you built the product? What did that whole cycle look look like for your team? It it was it was a little bit messy, um, and it was definitely something that we kind of were, we had to like learn and figure out and adjust as we went. When we started, uh, we were full time doing client services, and then and like literally, Beaver Builder was this kind of side project that that um, Justin kind of spearheaded. It. He's our lead developer, so he started working on this on the evenings, um, and we really like we we had our kind of Monday through Friday office hours that we consciously dedicated to our client services work, but then we were spending our kind of evening hours. Um, working on Beaver Builder, and then when we launched, um, you know, we started taking like doing support, and like you know, we started having like actually getting eventually, <laughs> eventually we started getting a customer or two. Um, but we started doing, uh, we started kind of shifting our time and doing some of our support um, for Beaver Builder in the mornings, and then so we'd do the first half of the day as like as Beaver Builder, and then the second half of the day was client work. Um, we were we were really personally myself, I was really reluctant to move away from the client services business because it was established and it had a history um, and it was it was consistent like as consistent as it can be like running your own business like there was a bit of peace of mind that you know we had this this ball rolling and we could keep it rolling um, and it felt like a really really risky move at the time to give that up to focus on a product um, but eventually um, we had some good advice from some mentors and advisors that that basically told us that you know you're not going to be able to do two things well. Um, you can either do client services well or you can do a product well. But if you want to you know if you want to kill it in one of these areas, you're going to have to let one go um, and focus on. So I, and I don't know if that's true like ver like if verbatim like you have to do one or the other. Um, in our like in our experience, we took that advice though, and and I think it was a good decision looking back on it. When so I'm I'm always interested in that little nugget of uh, of time frame for people who are building products and these are people that could be building products or a productized service and they might have a day job where you know they work for somebody else kind of thing and they commute to work and they're just trying to sort of get out of that rat race or they're a creative agency um, where they're sort of bootstrapping the 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 funding of a product uh, based off of the the revenue from the client services. But anyway, the point is is I'm I'm very interested in that little nugget of time where you make the decision of saying no more client services, we're all in on product, which you hear a lot of people say uh, in interviews and and I'm guilty of that myself of bringing people on and they say that. They say, "Well, I just I say no more client services. It's it's just full. And once we made that decision on full product, uh, that was it, and we're off to the races. But that like little gap right there <laughs> is something that people could lose sleep over greatly for some amount of time. What did that look like for your team? Was it sort of okay? 
we have no more revenue coming in from client services. Like we're eating ramen noodles and sort of living out of a garage together. Like what did that look like <laughs> at that little nugget of time for you? You're right. That is a good, good point. Like hearing you say that just kind of brought me back to that, that period. Um, and there were, well, there were two sides to it. There was like the, the financial kind of business side, but then also the, the like personal, um, emotional relationship side. Um, I remember I had taken on a big client and a big project maybe a month before we made this decision to stop doing client services. And this was, you know, we were expecting this project to be like a six month to a year, potentially ongoing. I mean, this wasn't something we were just going to wrap up in a couple of weeks. And I remember like agonizing over sending this email kind of saying like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, after we spent this time, like, kind of working together and building a relationship, I'm not going to be able to complete your project. Um, we, we all, like, went well, well out of our way. I mean, at that point, like, we wanted our clients to have, like, the best experience possible. So we made sure to communicate with everyone and help them find someone to replace us. And, but it, it was a bittersweet time and it, it didn't just happen in the snap of the fingers, like you mentioned. Like it was probably several months where we were still, because you know, anyone in the services industry probably knows, like you'll get an email from the client, you know, a year ago or two years ago um, asking for an update or that has a new project for you. Like it's not like we could just uh, put a notice on our website and, and close down shop and then, and, you know, just cl have a clean break and walk away. It was, it was definitely a process. Um, and the, yeah, one of the big like struggles for us, I think, was was having to kind of let down all of these clients that we you know grew relationships with and 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 liked and and you know understood them and their business. It was sad. It was sad, I think, to to do that. This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by the team at Valet. Valet helps brands unleash their potential with real-time metrics, intelligent recommendations, and that age-old method of having an awesome team to back it all up. See, my friends at Valet are up to something really, really cool. But first, let me ask you this question. Every time you build a website for a client, don't you feel like you're making the web a better place? Well, here's the thing. Valet's got something in the works that will let you back that claim up. It's called Valet Metrics, and you can get your free website snapshot over at valetmetrics.com. It's an amazing tool. You get in-depth analysis of a website covering security, speed, usability, traffic, conversions, all wrapped up in this beautiful reporting dashboard that provides action, not fluff. You and Valet, making WordPress and the web a better place. Get your snapshot at valetmetrics.com. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's the, the, the one factor that I don't hear enough of when I listen to other product people say that they've exited the agency side uh, is the relationship with, with these people because you work so hard, you know, for a majority of your clients anyway, your portfolio clients, you work so hard to build up this relationship and you're there with them for potentially, a, a, you know, a year or more working on this stuff. Uh, you know, and if you're helping them grow their business, which a lot of us are, it's, it's not easy to just send that email and let them know that you're no longer going to be there to support them. I'm sure that's, you know, I know it's a bit of a struggle uh, at, that, at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there were in particular too there those projects that that I was really proud of and enjoyed working on. I mean, it was sad to kind of split paths on on some of those. Uh, yeah, some of some of the things that uh, I enjoyed building and and being the builder of, and then seeing them kind of go off to, into other hands. It's like, 
your little babies are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you and I, for again, for folks who don't know, we, we both have uh, what is sometimes confused to be similar products. And more, most recently, uh, Pippin Williamson of Pippin's Plugins did a recap of page builders and uh, uh, my, my plugin happened to be in there, conductor plugin. And of course yours was in there up against some of the uh, other uh, larger, maybe more, um, I don't want to say established, but plugins that have been around for quite some time, like a Divi, right? Or like a visual composer. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But one of the things that I've found, at least with the, with the development of conductor in the way our team works, again, we still do client work and we do have the product is the client work sort of not only funds the operation of creating product, but it's also a way of getting that feedback from what I'll call boots on the ground, right? So we see the pain point a particular customer has, and we look at that and we say, gee, does that, would that work well in, you know, conductor? Um, were you using that or do you sort of miss that kind of opportunity now that you don't do client services? Was there any benefit from developing Beaver Builder from the client services stuff. Yep, without a doubt, without a doubt. That, again, like hearing you say that just brought me right back to that that time period, and that was one of the concerns that we had and discussed. Um, that the client services. So it, there was a point where we'd launched Beaver Builder, and we were still doing, you know, more or less full time. We were still a full on client services business, and we were using Beaver Builder for every project. So it was kind of like I called it like our research and development like lab. You know, we we Absolutely, yeah. We got the hands-on experience of like working with the tool, um, working on real sites, working on different server infrastructures with different plugin stacks. I mean, I'm sure anyone that is a developer knows the difference between developing something on your like local MAMP install versus trying to publish something as like you know on the WordPress repo where it's all of a sudden has to be compatible with all the different you know infrastructures out there, and it's. Uh, yeah, it, it's a hugely different beast, and having the client services um, for us was definitely like a way that we could kind of work out those kinks. Um, so, and I guess in that sense, it worked out really, really well. Um, yeah, I, I think Beaver Builder as a whole is a much better product because during that first year, we were using it so much in real world situations. And I guess to, to even like extend on that, I, I wish. One of the things we were talking about is maybe trying to do like a charity website drive or something where uh, we're all like building a website again because it's been so long. Um, for me especially, I, I kind of gravitated, I used to do a lot of coding, but I gravitated more kind of towards the marketing side. Um, and I, yeah, I don't spend as much time in a text editor as I would like these days. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. One of the thing, best pieces of advice uh, that I've received from, uh, for, you know, for balancing the agency work and product development was from Garrett Moon. And, you know, longtime listeners will sort of relate to this because I've said it a billion times. <laughs> but, you know, just, you know, balancing the mindset of, you know, hunkering down and, and just doing tasks for clients versus the fun and sort of creativity of product. Uh, you know, not to say that there isn't any fun and creativity in client work, but when you're trying to focus on growing a, a product, but you still have to do the client work, how do you balance that? And Garrett Moon told me that, look, on our Monday meetings, on the, you know, the typical boring Monday meeting, we would just talk about the product. 
And that's how we started the meetings. We would just talk about, and it's a simple little, just like mindset hack is you start the, the week off instead of saying like, gee, what, what sprints are left over from last week or which milestones did the customer not comment on from last week? You know, let's, let's get the ball rolling on that. It's, you know, let's focus on what's the next new little feature that we're launching or what's the feedback from the latest few rounds of customers and starting the week off with the product. Was there any little sort of, again, when you were hmm. doing services and product, was there any little hack that you did to say, okay, stay focused. <laughs> we want to do product. How do we get there? There might be this, call, this client calling us to you know, refresh their template, but we don't want to do that right now. What did you do in those scenarios, if, at all, if anything at all? That's an interesting, that's an interesting one. Um, I remember, well, one, one thing we did so, so I mentioned Justin, our our, our lead developer. He kind of like the, it, it, he started working on on this page builder as a as a, as like his kind of evening project, um, and then we all kind of jumped in and started supporting him to to you know do what we could around his work. Um, at one point, he, I think he was the first of the three of us to to let go of his clients and start focusing on on Beaver Builder. So. That, I, mean, I don't know if that's like a trick or I mean one in our experience, one thing that kind of naturally happened was that one of our team members was going full steam on Beaver Builder um, while we were kind of um, managing the 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 I mean it wasn't like there was any animosity. I don't know if this is coming off like, oh, he was like he got to go like do all the fun stuff. <laughs> like it just kind of worked out that way sure. naturally. Sure. In my experience personally, I the client services work is a little bit less cerebral or you know like you know I, I knew what I had to do like when you take on a client it was very comfortable I guess would be a good word yeah. and um, as opposed to trying to like I, you know I didn't have a background in marketing we, we didn't set out to build a product so a lot of our experience has been kind of like on the job training and it's kind of a daunting task like when you're just like sitting down at your computer and you're like okay I got you know six hours to try and get people to buy my product like what do I do like how do where do I focus my time and like you know should I be writing blog comments or posts or being on Twitter or Facebook or you know setting up AdWords or this or that content market like there's no direction I guess and it's a lot easier to kind of it's a lot more difficult to kind of manage your time and and be efficient in that setting for me or it was a learn something I had to learn to do yeah, absolutely. I <clears throat> I would say, and let's let's transition now into running the Beaver Builder business. And I actually want to fast forward even a step further, unless you have, unless there's something you definitely want to 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 pause me and and ring out in the first few months of Beaver Builder's sort of full term life cycle here. And uh, that's how did you grow the business, and where did you focus those efforts uh, to go beyond? You know, let's say the first few thousand uh, active installs, right? So, you know, the typical w word of advice is, well, we, we put something for free in .org and the freemium approach really worked and it got us, you know, the first thousand. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened with you. It happens with a lot of folks. But how did you get over the plateau in the beginning, right? After you had that, those first few thousand, what was it that got you to the next, you know, you went from 2,000 to, let's say, 10,000 or, or whatever. Um, what was the, the real sort of spikes that helped sort of accelerate the business at that point? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, a combination of a ton of things, right? Like, I wish, I wish there was some, like, secret sauce uh, 
like you just got to do this and and there you go. Yeah. Just start <laughs> a blog and you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we so interestingly actually we started as a premium product completely and we didn't put the free version into the repo until it might have even been like six months after we launched launched that oh, came okay. later on um to i mean to be honest too we were kind of like we didn't spend a lot of time in the wordpress community back in the beginning like mm-hmm. we were we used wordpress a lot um but you know, when we started doing Beaver Builder, we kind of jumped in with two feet to this, whole, like, to the community and, and, you know, meeting people, reading the blogs, kind of staying up on the, on the beat. And, like, when we launched, we weren't GPL even. Like, we, we, uh, we just didn't really, I guess, understand how the ecosystem worked and functioned. And we were kind of doing things our own way. Um, but all this is like this is I'm kind of like going off on a tangent. It's just funny to like think back on on like the repo and open source. Like, gosh, we like we're so. Uh, well, that's that's fine. Let's <laughs> let's 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 dissect that because again, even my my product is still not on .dot org. Um, so let's let's talk about that. What was your what was your opinion on not going into .dot org like so many folks do? Um, you know, what was the overall opinion on on making it premium only and not going into .dot org in the beginning? We were really, I guess maybe we like we didn't know the the community and like the open source world well enough to trust it. Sure. I think we were really kind of leery at the idea of like you know we were gonna, especially in the context of like oh we might like you know invest our business like all of our t- like this is something that we might go all in on like the GPL. I guess it was really really scary, and this is also having like a you know not a very good understanding of kind of the intricacies and and how people are making it work successfully, like in the business space. Um, but yeah, I think we were just scared. We, it was a scary thought, like putting our code out there, like, you know, putting a free version of Beaver Builder out there. We kind of were thinking like, well, what if someone just, you know, takes it and buys a copy of our premium version and then puts the two pieces together and, you know, we're SOL. Um, I think we kind of, uh, yeah, through paying attention and like watching other people in the space. I mean, I love like speaking. Pippin came up earlier. I love what he did. Um, I believe it's affiliate WP his product where the premium version is on GitHub. Like, if you want to go and get a copy of the premium version of that plugin, like you can just download it. Um, it's all out there. But the business model still works because you know everyone kind of respects and understands that you know you're paying for the support you're paying for the team like there's so much more that goes into that price tag than just the the code yeah um, but it took it, us a while to kind of to grok that yeah and, and you know you see this or at least you know this is my interpretation of it is you see comments and and you go to word camps and, and you hear people talk um and you see comments across you know blogs and github and forums on dot org and it's like you know, they should just, I don't understand why it's so hard to just put up, uh, put it up on .org. Everything should be free, you know, uh, <laughs> GPL, WordPress, open source. And yeah, that's like, that's awesome stuff to say. But for new businesses, it's like, it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing to be like, we just spent six months of our lives developing this product. We're still uncertain if it's actually going to, if it's actually going to, you know, survive. And we're taking a huge risk by shutting off our mainstream income, which we all use to live off of. And then all of a sudden you're telling me just to put it out for free and support it for free. And 
It's like it's yeah. it's almost flies and you know it's like, like the same thing as if you build it they will come. Well, if you give it away for free, will they come? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a huge risk uh, for those of us that are just doing this for the first time. You know, uh, that's just a rant, but <laughs> it's just people say these things. It's it's just not easy sometimes, right? Sure, finding that balance too. I mean, I think we might have gotten a little lucky in that we on our kind of first attempt at putting the free plugin in the in the repo. Um, we found a balance between the premium and the free features that I think works. Like there's enough there's enough value in the free version that people use it and and find it, you know, um, they don't feel crippled, I guess, enough that they're going to choose something else. Sure. Um, but we still have the features that you know incentivize people to to upgrade in the premium version. Like finding that line of like what do you give away for free and what do you put behind a paywall. Um, and how you do that to make everyone happy on both sides of the line is 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 really tricky, and it's yeah a lot easier said than done. Like you hear that all the time. Oh yeah, throw it up on the, you know, throw up the free version. You have your premium version. You put your uh, EDD checkout page on your you know on your website, one pager pricing table, boom. <laughs> right, and you're and you're, and you're and you're picking out a red Porsche, uh, yeah, exactly. or maybe a blue Porsche, whatever one you want. I mean, it just why depends. not both? Why not? Yeah, why it's not? It's WordPress, and we're in business, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> we're right. Let's just do it. So, in the beginning, when you when you went from uh, pro to or your you know your pro your premium um, offering to the WordPress repo, how did you make the decision to say what went into free, what stayed in pro, and what did that scenario look like? Did you know? Did you have to restructure a whole bunch of stuff in the product? Uh, you know, what did that look like to say, okay, you know, what can we give enough of to make it work so that's not crippled? And any lessons in there? Once you went to .org, did you learn any immediate lessons by not maybe putting enough features in uh, out of the gate? I th- I think from the development perspective, I think that doing the .org transition. I'm sure had its own set of kind of challenges and and difficulties that I might not be as familiar with. Sure. I mean, the obvious one I remember vividly was was learning SVN. Um, I remember Justin like, you know, like getting like throwing his keyboard, or not really like throwing his keyboard, just like bashing his keyboard in, like, oh, this SVN. So like, you know, relative to Git, he was getting really frustrated. Like, like why can't they just use Git on .org? Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm trying to think. I mean, it was. I I remember so with Beaver Builder, right? You can lay out elements on a page, and you can lay out elements in columns. And what so you, you Beaver Builder is like a replacement for the WordPress text editor. Um, but what we did in the free version is we kind of said like anything that you have in the WordPress text editor will give you here. So you can do text, you can do headings, um, you can do images, um, paragraphs. You know. HTML, uh, short codes, things like that. Like anything that you could put into the WordPress editor, we'd keep in the free version. Um, but then some of the, the I don't want to say proprietary, but some of the more like advanced modules that we offer that you could never do with the WordPress editor, something like a slideshow. Like, you know, you w- without an additional plugin, you wouldn't be able to get a slideshow. Um, well, I guess you could code it all up. Well, well it won't go down into that rabbit hole, but <clears throat> yeah, something like a slideshow you couldn't do without a, an additional plugin in the WordPress editor. So I think like our modules we have in the free version are text, header, separator, HTML, maybe video. There might be one more in there. But it's it's basically the same options you have with the editor, but we give you the interface, the page builder interface, and the ability to lay it all out in columns and, 
if you, you're an advanced user, you could use that HTML widget and do just about anything you wanted with that. Nice. How did you manage support? That's usually a point of contention for folks oh. going, going into .org for the first time. And I can only imagine, knowing what I know uh, about page building or builders, what that support must be like on .org. Were you ready for it? Was there a surprise there in the mix? Uh, oh, so, well, okay, the couple different questions <laughs> maybe we need to unpack there. Like ready for it, just str- like – no, we were not ready for it on like any sense of of that of that word or <laughs> like the the support like we didn't realize I think it was it might have did you say it press someone said it during their speech at pressonomics they're like if you're I think it was it was um Brian but he's like if you're a WordPress company you're a blank company or if you're a plugin company you're a blank company and he's like what is you know fill in the blank and everyone yelled out support <laughs> you're a support company uh, we didn't expect that so we or we didn't realize that supports you know, a huge, huge, um, like it's very resource intensive. Uh, for .org though, what our, our approach was that it was always an opportunity to like kind of bring people into our fold, like let them know how we do things. And we always tried to offer as much support as we possibly could, even for our free users. Um, so, well, I guess I don't want to dig too deep into that, but but yeah, we, we, we've been doing our best to like provide support to our free users. Even though we say we don't, um, we still do. Like we just, if anytime someone contacts our support system, whether they're a free user or a paid user, we want them to have a good experience. And if we can, we want to, you know, figure out their problem or, or solve their question regardless of, of whether of they're like customer status. Sure. How do you manage the support from a technical level in the pro version? Is it, are you going the help scout route? Uh, some knowledge base articles, Help Scout, which is which I hear is more traditional nowadays. Uh, are using BB Press? What's that look like? Yep, yep. We followed um, we followed kind of the standard model. Uh, we started with a BB Press forum. Um, again, Pippin <laughs> keeps coming up in conversation. But he he wrote a really good article about how he um, like the plugin stack that he used originally on his support forums to kind of like turn BB Press into a support forum. Um, like there's some additional functionality, like being able to assign a post to a certain person or like resolving a post, some of these kind of like support centric features that aren't in vanilla BB press. So he had a whole stack of plugins, um, that he used to kind of fine tune it. Um, and that worked for us for a, for, I mean, up until just a couple months ago, actually. Um, but as we started building our support team, um, and then also, started paying more attention to how much time and like how much we're investing in support. Like the problem with BB press is that it's not set up for, for a support forum. Um, so it's, you know, we had a lot of times where people were like stepping on each other's toes or we didn't know someone was answering a question and, um, the two people were typing the same response. We didn't have any statistics as far as like, so yeah, eventually the, the story ends, we moved over to Help Scout and Help Scout is amazing with all of these, like it's got a ton of statistics and, and metrics on, you know, happiness levels and time spent per ticket and, you know, times of the day when most of the tickets come through. And then this great suite of, uh, of information that you can access, um, as well as the, the tools for, you know, having a team of people doing support. The downside, so we moved over to Help Scout. We're using Help Scout now and we have a Help Scout knowledge base um, the, the only downside to that versus the support forums is that we had a really great kind of community thing going on in the forums where other people were jumping in, 
um, and helping answer questions, especially questions that maybe weren't related to like bugs or glitches in the product, but just kind of general like, hey, I want my header to like, you know, fade away as the user scrolls down the web page. Like, can I do this with Beaver Builder? Um, a lot of those kind of, you know, how do I do this? How do I recreate this look or this effect? Things that maybe weren't necessarily support, but more just kind of um, general questions about how to do things. The support form was great for that. And we're still kind of trying to find something to fill that void, actually. Nice. The Now we'll just dive. Let's just go head first right into page builders. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's Ready. just dive right in. So Warmed at up. Pressnomics, one of the things that I said uh, on stage was, how many people here like using page builders? And like n- nearly no one raised their hands, right? Uh, well, I and- certainly did. But yes, I <laughs> you, think I was you the certainly lone. Did. Uh, <laughs> I looked down in a way as I did it because I, uh, <laughs> I knew the shame. <laughs> right, and, and you covered your shirt up and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and of course, I, I again, I have a plugin that's similar to page building, and uh, you know, one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately on on my other podcasts is diving into page builders and actually finding this the areas where they're most effective. And I'll just you know preface this beginning conversation here with I think page builders, yours specifically, and maybe one other, uh, are making strides to becoming good solutions not you know not to say that it was ever, your your product was ever a bad solution but i think that there's this overall stigma of page builders being you know i don't know again my perspective only here is it's a cop out it's not doing it the right way it's uh, well, you could have done all that, but you're adding all this code. You should have just, you know, learn how to code, <laughs> right, is, is what some people will say. Um, but I think uh, over the years, things have become uh, a lot more usable, a lot more efficient, uh, at least from what I've seen uh, in my short time of really diving into a traditional page builder. Um, but h- how did you deal with that? Did you not even deal with that coming up in the WordPress community, right? Because such a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, motion in the WordPress community is driven by developers from the the real hardcore developer folks. Um, You know, so much community uh, talks and some of the highest sort of, uh, you know, uh, shared content and uh, trafficked, material and attended talks usually come at the hands of, you know, the Pippins of the world, the developers of the world. Uh, how did you deal with that sort of, we don't want page builders around here, <laughs> you know, coming up in the community? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, good way to put it. It's, I mean, it's, I guess it's an ongoing, it's definitely an ongoing challenge for everyone I would imagine in the space um, I think you know we when we were so to f- rewind all the way back right when we were starting beaver builder we had a client who had a theme forest theme that had a page builder like bundled in with that theme and he came to us this is when we were doing client services and he's like hey I found this theme I like watched the videos I see how this page builder thing works like I want you guys to build my website with this builder, so then when it's done, I don't have to pay you guys anymore. Like I can take care of and like change the website and update it myself using this page builder. And we were like, oh, okay, hey, like sure, we'll do that for you. Um, 
built built out the site and we 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 had this kind of like aha moment we're like oh wow like this client like we gave him the site and he was able to go in there and make edits um he wasn't sending us emails you know 6 months down the line to like change the copyright date from 2013 to 2004 like he was able to kind of take control of his website um and we were also able to build out like we real we were like wow we were actually able to do this faster than had we hand coded everything which we would have done otherwise um so at that point, we're like, hey, we want to find – a like the, we weren't happy with the particular page builder that was bundled with that theme. So we're like, hey, we want to find something better, but we really like this kind of like method of building and delivering sites. Like we, this, this works. Let's try this. Um, and then we couldn't find – like we had these kind of this list of requirements that we wanted, and we couldn't find anything out there. So that was the kind of context that we started Beaver Builder, and it was our – like we wanted to fix all these, like we didn't like page, but we were in that group of the, you know, grizzly developer that doesn't like page builders. <laughs> but we kind of had this realization, this aha moment that this could actually be beneficial to our business. Um, so, and, so, and then we set out to kind of fix all of those little things that those nitpicks that we had. Um, so yeah, to, to bring it back, we always have been able to like counter everyone's arguments you know the the top kind of five complaints you hear about page builders. We we put a lot of work in trying to address them and like solve those problems in our way. So we always say, hey, like yes, but look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. And I think that's been one of the reasons we've kind of um, been making noise. Or, or you know, once when people like they're, they're, everyone has these mental blocks. Like we were talking about the the political. Uh, the political uh, spectrum or system right now in, in America. I mean, you see this all the time where people have a, a mental block and they're just not interested in in exploring beyond it. You know, like they just kind of put up their wall and they say, "I'm not, you know, page builder. No, I don't do that. This is why." Um, without exploring, um, you know, the reasons behind what their that mental block is up there for. Sure. I think it's a really like I'm guilty of this myself. I think it's very much in like human nature. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. That a, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the the issues for the most part in the WordPress community are human nature. Right. This isn't a WordPress thing. It's a human thing. Uh, you know what happens when you put fifteen thousand people in a Facebook group. Right. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you you know you have this kind of thing in motion. Um, and page builders certainly being one of them because, again, I think that it's just driven by uh, developers, number one, where they immediately, like, I, I think anyway, they see it as, as, as an easy way out. Like, you know, you're not putting enough craft or care uh, into a particular project or you're not really considering what's going to happen when, you know, you've got a million page views a month and da-da-da-da. Well, look. You know, in this particular case, I'm just building a five-page site for the pizza shop down the street. <laughs> yeah. They will never get that much traffic. Um, so it's fine to use a tool uh, like this. So I think a lot of it is sort of spearheaded uh, by that. But then I think a lot of it where that, uh, you know, distaste comes from is the fact that a lot of people who get into servicing clients in the WordPress space, you know, buy the theme forest themes with page builders built in or they buy um you know a tool like visual composer where that sort of thought and care to the code while it doesn't have a problem right now it has tremendous impact on the site in the future 
in terms of security patches, upgrading WordPress, upgrading and changing themes, that kind of thing. And a lot of that is because the consultant uh, didn't take care into learning to do things the right way. It's not even like it's not even like the WordPress way. Like in the year t- 2016, if you're not paying attention to the software you're putting on your computer or the apps you're installing on your phone, you're going to be in in trouble, right? <laughs> At some point, uh, if you're not taking care of those things. So I think a lot of the, so all of this is to say I think a lot of it has to come comes down to the consultant who just you know, I'll, I'll slap on this theme, I'll build whatever I want, and that customer will, I got my money, and, uh, you know, I'm off, and I'm out, and I'm trying to find another business to, to build a website for. A year from now, when they go to update, since I'm not updating for them, they're screwed, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, you or I come in, the, the healthy sort of do-it-the-wordpress-way consultant comes in, and we say, what is this? What is this bird's nest you've given me for a website? Like, who built this, right? And then you, we're the ones putting the pieces of the puzzle back together, cursing page building all the way, uh, because that's what we look at. That's what somebody used to build this site. And we say, no, 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 this wasn't done the right way, right? And then we actually use that as a selling point, right, to reaffirm or reassure the client that says, we know what we're doing. Right. Because I've been, I mean, you know, my hands up in the air saying I've done that. Right. I've gone into a client project and said, you use Visual Composer to build all these pages. Who the heck did that? And they say, well, the last consultant said it was the best way to do it. What? (laughs) Like, no. And then we and we use that as an advantage to sort of land the client. So it's very murky waters uh, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much like good stuff in there. Um, (laughs) I don't even know where to where to start, but it is. I mean, they, page builders are a shortcut, right? Like naturally, like and if your goal or if you know what you're attempting to do is start a successful, you know, web services business, like if that's your end goal, you probably are doing yourself a disservice by using a page builder if you haven't already taken the time to like. You know, this came up a lot with like SaaS and CSS. Everyone, you know, in SaaS. Um, was huge. Everyone was saying like, yeah, SAS is this great shortcut, but if you don't know CSS, don't use SAS. Like you should understand the building blocks before you use the shortcut. Um, and you know, sadly, yeah, we see this a lot too. Um, a lot of people are not, you know, a lot of people are just jumping right onto the shortcut train. Um, and then in, in WordPress, I think it's like the, the space, it's an issue. Um, cause there's not a lot it's as someone if if you're coming to buy a website like there's a lot of people providing wordpress services out there and i think for all the potential clients i think it's very challenging to determine who like the skill sets of each person you know like if i didn't know the difference like i'd see a company like 10 up and i'd see a company that you know might be by some like 18 year old in their parents garage and if they both have like a nice looking website and i didn't know the difference i might think that they offer the same kind of caliber of work um but you know like we we have, we see people that come in our support forum god bless them like you know but they'll, they'll say hey i got this client that i'm working on their site and you know i really need the background color to be red um how do i do that it's like wait like you're charging someone to build a website and you don't know how oh to like God, make the background like it's like oh man like <laughs> like where do you find these cl- could you please like <laughs> yeah find, send some send, send some clients our way right. <laughs> we'll and, take them and and i think that again like i think a lot of folks look at this stuff and 
they say, ooh, like I can build this. They, so they just do simple, you know, paper math. Uh, they say, oh, uh, or back of the napkin math, as my buddy Krogsgaard likes to say. Yeah. Uh, they, they look at it and they go, okay, I'm going to charge this client $1,000. Uh, I got this plugin for $100. I can build them an entire site. Well, I can make $900. <laughs> you know, and I can, <laughs> I, can, I can sort of say like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to code your website. I'm going to custom code your website uh, to do all this stuff. And they sort of look at it as like this marginal, uh, you know, or, or this margin booster, if you will, in their, in their project. And they, and they sort of look at it that way, which... Uh, you know, I think now we're going to see this trend where people are servicing customers and just being more open that they're using a page builder, right? For, for particular pages or the entire site, whatever it might be. Because one, I just think that's a direction that's going to naturally happen, a shift in sort of transparency in the marketplace, uh, on the consulting side anyway. And, um, and two, I think that what's going to happen is people are going to, uh, you know, people are getting a lot more uh, skilled with WordPress because of tools like yours uh, and like other page builders. So I know a couple of months ago, I was bidding on a project that wasn't a huge project. It was, I think it was a $5,000 sort of product site build out. And their marketing team decided to just build the, build it themselves using Divi. <laughs> and I, and I had to, so that was a very, that was like, I lost a, a good piece of revenue for, for that month, uh, on an $89 product. And ever since then, I've seen people come to our doorstep a lot more savvy with the tools and offerings of WordPress. So I think that anybody who's sort of in the general WordPress consulting space, not the enterprise and large app space, but certainly the the person with a healthy budget, you know, 5000 maybe even $10,000, a company with that healthy sort of marketing budget to put towards a website uh, or a brochure site or a product site, even a small e-commerce site, that these tools are, they're looking at it like they look at Unbounce, right, for landing pages, that kind of sure, thing, right? Sure, Where they'll just do it themselves and they'll train somebody and the code and, and upgrading and scaling doesn't matter right now, but it maybe will in about a year's time, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's that's it, yeah. Again, a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the takeaway though is is yeah those those shortcuts. Um, and that's that's always kind of the the downside of the shortcut is that it's likely going to leave um, you know leave something you're going to you know there's no free lunches in nature right like you're going to have to pay up eventually. Sure. Um, but yeah. then but then yeah depending on the pro that's the thing like it's like the the tools that you use should be, um, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's like three stories I want to tell right now, but, but no, it's, it, it's a great tool for the right cases in the right hands. You know, like you said, your, your pizza shop down the street that has a five page website that, you know, they want to put their weekly special up on every week, but you know, they, they don't need to, to scale it out to support millions of users. They're not going to be doing active development for the next two. I mean, that, that could be a perfect case for a Beaver Builder or a Divi or something like that. But then, but then, yeah, if you see someone that's, you know, planning a huge grand project and they're, they're basing it on this foundation that's crumbling away, um, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah, so I want you to go, go ahead and if you have, obviously, if you have time to tell one of those stories, one, one out of three that, that you oh. have, have on your mind. Okay. Well, it's, yeah, this was, this, it just like popped into my mind, but there was this, um, 
Uh, we went to, a, <laughs> this is funny, way, way back in the day, Justin and I went to a YUI conference. That's the Yahoo interface library for uh, those young young folks, young listeners. Wow, um, which that is was some a, time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was Yahoo's jQuery kind of equivalent competitor. But anyways, long story short, there was a really good talk. And I remember this one piece of advice. And this guy was saying, like, you know, if you have a screw in the wall, um, you, you use the screwdriver or like a drill to get it out. But, you know, once that screws a half inch out from the wall, you don't need to use the drill anymore. Like you can just grab it with your fingers and twist. And his kind of like the takeaway or the moral of that story was like you see a lot of people using, you know, the hydraulic um, hydraulic power drill to like pull the screw out that last inch or two. And you, and you really like, yeah, too much tooling um, when all you really need is just the, the, that simple thing that's sitting right in front of you. Sure. Yeah. And. So again, let's use that as a great sort of segue into the um, into the way that these products are marketed. And I, I know in this particular episode here, I'm going off on these tangents because <laughs> I've just been so, uh, you know. I think it's my fault. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a mutual thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so neck deep in page builders, and again, having a product of my own. But so these products are not marketed as like. Beware, or uh, maybe beware is not the, the good one, but like you know, you're going to be locked into this. And and right now, I'm thinking particularly with Divi, right? And because again, you you build a site with Divi, you build a page with Divi, you and shut Divi off, and you're left with a bunch of short codes. Okay. And unlike yours, when you shut it off, um, what you're at least preserving, and you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, you're at least preserving as much content and HTML structure as you possibly can into the WordPress page, uh, yep. more or less. Yeah, that's right. So, the, but these products aren't like, it, wouldn't, it would not be smart for products to say, don't forget, if you move away from us, you're, <laughs> you're going to lose all your page building tools because it's like, no duh. Right. If you move on and you decide to stop using this stuff, you know, at one hand, I can see like it's a tool. It's a it's a tool. It's a complete ecosystem. It's made for you to use it and not have to worry about 100 other plugins. Right. Like that's the value proposition here. Um, But so many of us, you know, rightfully so sometimes say like, well, use a plugin to do this, use a plugin to do that. Sometimes a customer doesn't want to do that. Uh, they don't know how to do that. So having everything there all at the fingertip is a huge boon to helping them build their business because what's the alternative? They switch over to Squarespace. They switch over to Wix, which has everything built in it. But they've been told by so many people, please move to WordPress. It's the best thing ever. It's open source. It's a community. You're, 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 you're building into 26% of the internet. Don't use these other platforms. You're locked in. Um, but then they look at WordPress and go, I have to go and get all this stuff piece by piece. I didn't build my house piece by piece. I just bought my house and moved in. Uh, so at one, on the other hand, I can't fault people for, you know, uh, using these solutions. Um, but that was just one soapbox rant. Let's move on to the next piece. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, quickly agree. Um, we have one of the criticisms that we've heard is, is, and you hear this every like you know especially being comfortable with WordPress we want it to be easy we we think you know we're we're used to it so we say oh it's so easy like if you need a website you should get on WordPress but but um but yeah it is it is it is a comp 
complicated it is a complicated system and it has its upsides and its downsides um, but yeah no one's including that in their marketing material when we're saying like hey come build your website on beaver builder or, you know the, the the as a as a consumer or user um yeah you won't you won't really have a grasp of that full picture unless you go and do your own homework i guess and that might not be the best thing right the and then when people get locked into these tools or not, not locked in but once people start using these tools as i'm sure you found they become super passionate uh, about these tools because of the of the complexity that they're removing away from having to build a wordpress site right so again i sort of go back to the divi thing because I recently did a video on it and I criticized it and I think I shared this information with you before, prior to. Uh, but people were like, you know, oh, you, didn't, you don't know what you're doing. You haven't used, like, you didn't spend enough time using Divi to understand how to use it all and here you are criticizing it. So, you know, my, thing, my point is here is that people get super passionate about these things, which is good for, for running a business, <laughs> right? It's great for you, right? And, and you know, because sure. you have, not only do you have people super passionate about it, but you have people spawning off other products around it, um, which really helps, you know, your ecosystem uh, as well, right? And in, in sort of sure. terms of branding and stuff like that. Um, sure. So, you know, there's all of these people sort of to wrap up this political firestorm of page builders. There's this one half where people are like, don't ever use a page builder. Uh, then there's this other half where people who are just starting out and learning WordPress, they need to use a page builder because it's the only thing they can do um, and we shouldn't fault them for it. And then there's like this, you know, third area where it's these consultants that use it um, and get really fired up to, to using it, uh, which... Uh, you know, again, could be good if they're doing things the right way, uh, bad if they're doing things <laughs> the bad way, right? <laughs> so lots of political spectrums there uh, in page building for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, again, I think going back to like the mental blocks and, and human nature, like I had this uh, this Indian food restaurant that I just adored. It was my favorite place. I'd go there once or twice even maybe a week, and I just thought it was the best Indian food in the world. And uh, my girlfriend moved down to San Jose, and she's like, hey, I found this Indian food place. Do you want to go there? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, we have to go to my Indian food place. Like, this place <laughs> is phenomenal. You can't beat it. Best Indian food, hands down. Um, and and then I tried her Indian food place, and, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know I haven't been back to my place since. I feel bad saying it. I won't mention the names because they're all they're all great, great people, great business. But yeah, no, I, like you know, we we like things we're comfortable with and we're familiar with, and we like to kind of share the the things that we've found and that are special to us and that we have experiences with. Um, and it takes a you know a nudge sometimes to kind of like push people out of their comfort zone. Um, and, I, and I think yeah, you see that like a lot of people have their favorite equivalent of uh, of an Indian food restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I, I'm eating the beaver Indian food now <laughs> because there's plenty of, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I started to, I uh, introduced it to uh, a local client. Again, this small, small little business and, and they didn't, you know, they, they were the right client. They just said, look, you do whatever you need to do. Like we only asked that, you know, we want to display our, our services this way. Can you do it that way? Yeah, I could do that that way. Uh, and, you know, I can quickly do it uh, with uh, Beaver Builder. And in fact, I can do it quickly with Beaver Builder free. And what we did is we actually built in support for Beaver Builder into our own theme, right? Baton uh, and Baton Pro, which is on .org. Because even though our theme has 
lightweight paging abilities through our plugin with Note, it doesn't have you know, a layout builder, right? You, you can't do any of that stuff uh, to get pixel-perfect layout detail like, like Beaver Builder. So why not just support that across, across the board for people who want to do it? So um, I think we'll see more of this. I th- you know, my feeling is we'll see more of this across theme, more themes shops. I'm sure you see it all, all the time. People probably emailing you saying they're building in support, uh, which is good for business. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Thanks for, I appreciate the, the kind words. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's like hearing stories like that, like from people that are running their own businesses and, and coming back and, and saying, Hey, like this tool is like helped me for this reason or that reason. Um, it's, it's really, it's been really like amazing. That's been one of the kind of coolest things of this whole experience is just um, seeing like how people have been using this thing that we built to, you know, just all the ways that it's being used. Um, it's, it's cool. Really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, one of the thing I want to just, as we wrap up the show here, because we've been ranting for some time. <laughs> sure enough, gosh, my fault. Sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's both of us. Um, the, I want to know where, what's next for the business. Uh, you announced a partnership with GoDaddy for their managed, um, WordPress services. They've got some this sort of new onboarding uh, process that I'm supposed to to, to look at uh, within the week or so from them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what's that like? Uh, you know, what's next for for the for the business itself in terms of maturing the product, new product offering, uh, anything, anything going on in the business that's coming up? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess. Uh, we were talking about this before, but I guess with the Netflix kind of release of this season, this might be a kind of old news, but it's still new news for us right now. But the yeah, so we we worked out a deal with GoDaddy where they're using the free version of Beaver Builder, um, and they they bundled it as part of this onboarding process, which is actually really slick. You should if you haven't tried it or at least check out the video. I think it's pretty cool. Um, although I guess I might be a little, <laughs> I might have a biased opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really exciting. So we've already seen this like surge of installs um, on the free version from GoDaddy customers. Um, and that's been really exciting. We're hoping to kind of continue, like we're, we're looking at, we're hoping to get just more eyes on Beaver Builder through that, through that partnership. And so far it's been working. So that's been really cool. Um, you met, yeah, there's, you mentioned earlier, there's been this kind of blossoming community of um, third party developers and people that are building extensions and add-ons um, and templates and themes for Beaver Builder and kind of creating their own sets of products. Um, we've, we've, this, we think that's just amazing. And we're really trying to um, help that community flourish and grow. Um, one of the things we're looking into is having some kind of a formal, um, you know, these plugins, like third-party plugins, um, a set of guidelines, basically, that if your extension follows, um, we'll list it on a, you know, recommended page. Like, we'd like to have a an official source, an official reference for some of these third-party tools that are popping up, and we don't have one yet. So that's something that's on the, on the cusp. And then as far as, like, what we're working on day-to-day, we've got some really cool... Um, Really cool stuff. We're doing some some. We're, we're like looking at our UI. We're trying to make some UI changes, um, just to make the whole like overall building process quicker and uh, and more efficient. 
Um, so yeah, we're working on a lot of things, working on new features, working on kind of developing some of these partnerships and just growing the, growing the ecosystem and growing the family. I feel like I could probably spend another hour talking about <laughs> all this stuff and I shouldn't, but no, that's great. <laughs> maybe, maybe leave it at that. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, maybe you, you can give us uh, a little bit more insight in the private episode only available to mattreport.com subscribers. Uh, yeah. and we'll, we'll some good juicy, uh, yeah, <laughs> tidbits in there. Dive into that. Uh, I love all the stuff that's going on. I wish you and the team the best in growing Beaver Builder. And again, that's coming from somebody who sometimes has a product that gets confused with page building. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are actually looking to work and be more compatible with you uh, instead of competing with you because I think you're doing a phenomenal job uh, with everything you have going on over there. So where can folks find you on the web to say thanks for doing the show? Oh. Well, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that and the, and the kind words. Um, people can find us at wpbeaverbuilder.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at Beaver Builder. Uh, we also have a Facebook group that's become kind of our community hub. Um, and that's a great place to, to come and, and meet people and ask questions. And that's the Beaver Builders group on Facebook. It's awesome stuff. Everybody else, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe. Hey everyone, did you enjoy this episode? Head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It really helps. I say it all the time, but it definitely, definitely does. Always reach out to our guests and say thanks. Uh, we always link them up at the end of the show to share their Twitter account or wherever they can be found online. So make sure you go ahead and do that. They spend a lot of time with us. And thank our sponsors, Pagely and Valet, for keeping the Matt Report going until the end of the year. If you're interested in sponsoring the Matt Report. You can get a hold of me. It's mattreportblog at gmail.com or just mattreport.com slash contact. Reach out. Uh, we are looking for sponsorships going into 2017. Again, if you want to sponsor one of the premier WordPress podcasts out there, go ahead and reach out mattreport.com slash contact. 